Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or on a criminal plane or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of Scream and Stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello everybody, it is Sunday, it is time for another episode of Unlocking the Cage. I am here, I am your host Meg, I am here with... Chris, hi, how you doing? Oh, I'm great, Chris. How are you doing? How's your day going? Oh, it's going good. You know, it's a nice sunny day. Uh, Another sunny day in Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I just got my lucky crack pipe out today, so Uh, things are going to be good. Everyone should got to have a lucky crack pipe. (laughs) I I got a a bag full of powdered cocaine, which suddenly becomes crack rocks somehow, and I smoked it. Anyway, we'll get into this, but... Yeah, so this is this episode we're both going to be high on uh, crack cocaine, so uh, that'll make things a little fun. It's kind of like our drunk uh, Valentine's Day. Episodes. Yeah, some episodes like, we wear costumes, some episodes we smoke crack cocaine. So we're here. <laughs> we're talking about the movie Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, uh, uh, Call of, of Duty, Port of Call of Duty. The Port purpose of this show, San if you've not watched this before, is to watch and rank every single one of Nicolas Cage's 100 plus movies. We record live on Twitch, 5 p.m. Sundays, Pacific time at twitch.tv slash managers comedy. If you're listening to this in podcast form and you want to see some visuals, check out our old episodes at youtube.com slash managers comedy. Uh, Chris, I don't I don't think you've been keeping track of this, but I have. We are currently at 26 Nicolas Cage movies for me and 36 for you. Wow. So one day you will there. catch up after we start hitting like the Ghost Riders and you know, that'll be when you start catching up with me. I mean, at some point we can uh, just literally sit and do a weekend long marathon and just get them all done. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, you're talking about me catching up with you. I got you. Okay. Anyway, let's bring out our guest. Uh, he is an improviser and all around nerd. Our friend, Shane Taylor. There What's up, friends? Hey, Shane. Hello, hello. Ah. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to have you here. You, I think you were one of the one of the one of the guests who was there when we originally pitched this show <laughs> to a group of people on Zoom, and you said this is the movie I want. <laughs> yes, I was enthusiastic about the idea and specifically this movie. And absolutely, many people have asked for it, but I've said no, no, no. This is Shane's <laughs> movie. Um, so tell me about your. Well, first, how's your day going? Just. Mm. What's new my with day, Shane World? My day's going well. Um, I So I, I've been going on hikes in Griffith Park recently. And, uh, you know, as a, as a rule follower, I, uh, I wear my mask when I go nice. on the hikes. And I have uh, developed a suntan on my face. So, like, this part and above is a little more tanned. And this part and below is less tan. It's like my mask tan line. And so today I, I went on a hike. But then to balance that out, I sat on my balcony uh, with no mask and just like put on a, a little like sex goggles thing to to try to tan the lower part of my face. Can we wait? Um, wait, wait I want to loop back to sex goggles. What the fuck? Wait, what kind oh, of yeah. goggles for uh, sex? The, no, but like the uh, the the soft eye coverings that are for sexy times. Oh, like, like a blindfold kind of thing. I got yeah, you. like a nice blind, a sexy blindfold. Yeah, I call like, them goggles because I couldn't find. We're the talking uh, Red Shoe Diaries era 
Danielle Steele usage of the night I cover I mask basically. Yes, sex like goggles. some of the most extreme sex acts you could imagine. Uh, very plush eye coverings <laughs> to make you see slightly less, I suppose. I just, I just like to live in a. I mean, I'm sure there's some people who are into it. Where I like to be a person who, you know, has goggles that I wear for sexual acts. <laughs> oh, there's <laughs> definitely people that. I don't know if you want yeah. to be one of those people because, like, I, there's probably the re, there's a reason they're wearing those goggles. Yeah. There's a a bunch of different things you could be protecting your eyes from. Just a bunch. Fire. And fire is a big one. <laughs> uh spray you know there's, there's you got you don't want to get probably mostly sprays of various so this, this podcast and this movie is not going to be pg just in case you were listening to this and you have no idea what bad lieutenant protocol new orleans is about um this is a this is a, a warning if that's something you're about grand right. theft lieutenant protocol san andreas i like that one <laughs> that's good that's good I had I had one uh, I had one uh, fad lieutenant sort of cool. <laughs> uh, dad lieutenant uh, port of potty. Port of potty. <laughs> yeah. Chris has the best ones. I'll I'll say them if you don't want to say them. Oh, you say? Oh yeah, say them. I don't I don't remember. All right, the ones beef I lieutenant porterhouse of call. <laughs> bread lieutenant port of holla. That was you. That was yours. Was that right? Oh, and then yeah. Shane had a good one. Uh, Brad Lieutenant, Pit of Call. <laughs> yeah, Brad Lieutenant. Pit I can't of think call. of one for Beard Lieutenant. Beard Lieutenant, something of call. I don't know. Oh, All right, that'll be an one. audience later audience on the show. Yeah, audience, yeah, come up with help. some good ones. All right, back to <laughs> back to this movie, Shane. A uh, quick question for you before we get started. Tell me about your history with Nicolas Cage movies. Are you a super fan? Are you a seen a couple what's your what's your story mm. i'm i'm a middle of the road fan i wouldn't call myself a super fan but i did i remember like a pivotal time in my young adult life seeing face off and being like this guy's insane and i kind of like it mm. uh so i think i've seen 10 to 15 nick cage movies and it's never really been about nick cage but like when I find out he's in it, uh, I'm, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. So that was for me, like gone in 60 seconds. I was like, oh, cars. I like cars. Oh, <laughs> shit, Nick Cage is there too. Yes. Uh, yeah, so middle of the road, but I do appreciate a good, crazy acting job. And and you definitely picked one for sure. Uh, tell me, yeah. so tell me about your history with this specific movie. Uh, well, there was a time that I was like way too pretentious and into like surrealist films and surrealism and like just weird shit. And uh, in that time, I, I heard about Bad Lieutenant, I, I think it was like 2011. Uh, so like not too far after when it was released. Mm -hmm. And I just heard like Werner Herzog and Nicolas Cage and it's wild. And so when I watched it the first time, I thought, this is so cool. Uh, and having now watched it again recently, I, uh, I, I fear for the safety of my young adult self. Like, <laughs> what, what was that? What was going on in my life where I thought this was super cool? Uh, like, good God. So it was a, a fun, um, yeah, a, a fun revisit on, uh, maybe a, a new, a new perspective I have on it now. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was really edgy and great when I was younger. And like opinions change, 
Ooh. Yeah, it's a. It's I. I wouldn't say it's not edgy. I don't know. I, I think it's. It's pretty edgy. I, I mean, edgy for me, means. it was edgy. It's edgy. Yeah. There's some edgy shit. There's a guan. There's shit. some weird, like just weird for the sake of weird, man. Mm. And and I've watched. Um, like I was really into watching interviews and reading articles from like directors and actors at the time, and just this idea of embracing the evil and just being like wild for wild sake. I just thought was in that time period of my life, I thought that was like cool movie making. So like that was a whole bunch of David Lynch movies, like wild at heart was like, Oh my God, this is, this is so cool. Uh, and, and that's what fueled me to want to watch it for this illustrious show. And, um, I, I don't regret it. I think that, uh, it did have kind of like a couple of things that were like, oh, it kind of feels like David Lynch a little bit. But it didn't have that thing that David Lynch does. Like, I'm more disturbed when I watch like David Lynch do something like ultra violent and weird. And it like you feel like unsettled. And this is just, it's just like kind of like it wasn't as unsettling for me. Like, the yeah, things it didn't were, find it unsettling at all. It was so I thought pre- it just sort of like, all right. You never thought doing, he was okay. going to do anything too crazy. You were like, all right, he's, you know. He's just high. It was it was like run of the mill unsettling. Yeah. Um. Like when when he rapes that woman in the parking lot, like that that was unsettling. That was unsettling. Yeah. It was, it was a weird, weird. It was a weird one. It was just like. It's like what I, are we what are we doing? I I uh I don't want to start off <laughs> with this topic necessarily, but okay, all right. Sexual encounter as being consensual. Well, that was uh, that was my interpretation. There was, I, there oh, but, was but, some but a little consent. bit of a power dynamic thing for sure. There was like a weird kind of like she did not seem into it. She seemed kind of into it, but like I don't think she ever said, "Hey, let's have sex." And he did have a gun. Yeah, so. that's true. I, I, that's a good point. Yeah, the the consent line was being danced upon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and mean, she probably wouldn't have said yes for sure, but. And honestly, I it took know. me yeah. it, it took me a while to process that because I was like, "Did that actually happen, or is this just like a fantasy thing that he, he's having?" Right? Oh man, yeah. Is this a a weird dream, a drug fueled fantasy that is going well, on, or like, what's this? I I want to I want to like start. It's something like at the top here. Yeah, well, let, let's right. let me let me do my little background spiel. All, just right, so we, all right, yeah, yeah. Spiel. I promise it'll be spiel real away. quick. Real quick, just for just for those who haven't already read the Wikipedia article, this movie's from 2009, and it was directed by Werner Herzog. We've we've established that. Uh, it was a 25 million dollar budget movie, which is fairly low, I feel like, for 2009, certainly for Nick Cage movies. Uh, and I I could buy it. Doesn't seem like anything too crazy. Uh, ten million dollar box office, so not a financial success. Uh, weirdly, a big critical success. Eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Seems like the audience tomato meter is not so high, so uh, that could be a little. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, it is also not a remake of 1992's Bad Lieutenant, uh, starring Harvey Harvey Keitel. It has nothing to do with that movie aside from being about a bad lieutenant. <laughs> <laughs> um and a you know a, a cop who has a drug and sex addiction like all you know that kind of stuff but the movies are very different in fact the guy who made 1992 but it's bad lieutenant uh his name is abel ferreira fucking hates this movie he is not <laughs> happy that Werner herzog made this movie he said um 
all of the people involved in this remake should all die in hell. Um, he wondered how Nicolas Cage could even have the nerve to play Harvey Keitel. And he called the screenwriter an idiot. Um, so really, really, uh, really hated. But apparently he and uh, Werner Herzog met at a film festival in 2018 and they made peace <laughs> with each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but basically then when they made the movie, like the guy who wrote the script, this guy, William Finkelstein, was just like, hey, this, this is my script's called Bad Lieutenant. And I, I, like, I just heard of this other movie called Bad Lieutenant and I just loved the title. So we're, this one's what my wine one's called too. So there's this weird little uh, non-sequel thing going on. I love that. that movie, Star Wars. It's such a good title <laughs> for a movie. I'm going to use it for mine, but it's about an orphan girl. <laughs> it's about an orphan girl named Annie, and she's dancing and singing. Uh, <laughs> she wants yeah, to be star, a star. My, my Star Wars uh, script is actually the sequel to uh, Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. So... Oh, it's just I don't even know how we're going to begin to talk about this movie. Let's I have a start couple at the of top, though. Like bullet point. Well, the plot is so convoluted. I don't want to get like super dug well, down. Into we got to start with his injury. Right. For sure. Because this movie starts off and you're just like, wow, this is a his, bad lieutenant. For his sure. injury makes no sense. To, like as as a rewatcher of this, like, yes, I understand how his injury could come about from that behavior. But it really doesn't seem like when he so right he jumps in the water yeah you and see that hurts him, his back you see well, right, so he let's get oriented first first so. off he is not a lieutenant he is a sergeant in the scene he gets mm. promoted to lieutenant for what he does in the scene which so, is completely so, un, like what the fuck let, let's valor let's sergeant set, set the stage so we've got this is post Katrina New Orleans we have uh, two cops him and Val Kilmer come across a jail uh, where there is a guy who is trapped in the flooding in a jail cell, the jail cell. He's like, get me out. I don't want to die in here. The water is rising. And these two assholes are Val standing Kilmer up on a balcony. Nick Cage. Nick Cage tormenting him, basically just being like, hey, you want to take bets on how soon he's going to die? And like, you know. Val you Kilmer. don't want to hop in? My underwear is fancy. I'm not going to hop in and help you. Like, that's the level of jackass. And then for some reason, Nick Cage decides he's going to go in uh, and we see him fall in and apparently he hurts himself, but it's not conveyed whatsoever. Well, here's 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 no. like how bad it is. So he they're, they're like taking bets on. I was like, oh, yeah, I think he's going to drown in. And they're like exchanging money and like whatever betting on this guy. And then he's like, no, you're going to help me. You're going to help me. Like, you know, goes on for a while. And then Nick Cage is like, ah, fuck it. Kind of turns around jumps off the side of like they're on like a second floor thing into the water you see his feet touch the water fade to black voice over from val kilmer saying hey you okay that's it this is what this is it then hard cut to him getting an award on stage and promoted to lieutenant that's what that's what happened oh no no sorry hard cut to the doctor's office where he gets his vicodin oh yes yes. Like, how long do I have to take these painkillers, Doc? And Doc's like, forever. Because <laughs> you, you hit water with your feet, and water's like concrete from that height. You were like good six, seven feet and off like, the water. We know how deep the water is, too, because there's already someone standing in it up it's to like their neck. Just you know? water, and he, it's like he just dove in a pool and he fucking broke his back or something. He goes in feet first, too. It's yeah. not like he's like. 
it's, it's I, not a big deal. It's I like think, not a big deal. I really honestly think that that was a reshoot of some kind because like he probably landed in the water. I think the ending of the movie and that scene were reshoots because they seem so tacked on and weird. I bet he hurt his back in a different way. Uh, and they, they, they just threw that bullshit in there to make him more of a likable character. What I, so like I read way too much about this movie. Apparently the screenwriter wrote the bulk of the film and the screenwriter like previously had worked mostly in television and like cop procedurals mm-hmm. uh, and has done some good fight episodes in the more recent years. Good fight. really like the good fight. Um, but Werner took like the script or the screenplay and added some wacky shit to it. <laughs> and some of the wacky shit that Werner added was the intro scene and then the aquarium scene at the end. Like Werner added those things. I don't even know if like that was even supposed to be part of film scenery or just like exposition at the top. Like just talking about like, oh, I hurt my back unexplained but now we're going to go down this like drug path with this person. But like Werner needed to add the jumping in the water. Uh, It's so, yeah, that was, I think like an addition to him in pre-production or something. Yeah. We'll we'll get to, there's going to be other stuff that is very clearly things that he added, uh, (laughs) such as uh, yeah, we'll get to it. There's quite a few things that he added. Um, I have a fun trivia fact about this scene, which is my favorite trivia fact I've heard about this movie so far. Is that they usually they fill it? They have the set; it's filled up with water, but they want to make it look like river water, so it's got to be grimy. So they tried paint, but it turned out the paint was toxic. So then they tried coffee, and then it turns out that the actor who was floating in the who was sitting in the water was absorbing the coffee through his skin. So uh, that was no good for him. So they changed it to twenty four hundred cans of decaf coffee were used to make this look like river water. I feel and like. Cr- Hollywood probably has something else at their disposal other than fucking using coffee to color water. <laughs> That's my first thought. It's like, really? Decaf? Is that you went there? Chris like, Chris and like I are uh, decaf coffee enthusiasts, so I lo- love when we can uh, get a little decaf coffee trivia. You know, <laughs> you know what does feel tacked on about this entire movie is the fact that it's in New Orleans. And yes. to put the Katrina thing with the flooding, it all feels tacked on. Like, oh, this could be a scene from Katrina where the, the, the jail's flooding and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. So that that kind of feels like a side effect of that. Like, that whole first scene was them kind of a product of trying to shoehorn it into New Orleans. And uh, guess whose fault that was? It's Nicolas Cage. He was the one who pushed uh, to uh, set, the, set the movie in New Orleans. Um, but I think, you know, for a good reason, which is that it was post-Katrina and he wanted to give them, you know, filming and tax you know jobs and money he's like yeah the the city was another character in the in the film that's what i saw in interviews and i was like i did not see the city as a character in this film (laughs) other than your intro scene like what (laughs) i got a good quote uh nicholas cage this is Werner herzog quoting nicholas cage so it's probably a little bit um you know messed up slightly uh but nicholas cage said new orleans was the place i was born i was born a second time i was born again after struggling with his demons. Wait, is he wow. born again Christian? No, I think it's just like, you know, he was dealing with some stuff maybe. And then he kind of got into a better place. I mean, I, we do know that Nicolas Cage owns a home or did own a home in New Orleans. So well, a, a famously haunted home. <laughs> mm. All right. Cool. So 
we are in the part of the movie where uh, we're learning about him as a painkiller addict, a drug addict. Doing we lines of him. schneef. <laughs> Meg we hates it when him. I call cocaine schneef. I don't hate the it. Old, I really love it. I think it's funny. The booger sugar. He's he's doing it. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we see uh, a lot of scenes of him shaking down people for drugs or well, not just drugs. He, he also has apparently what's revealed throughout the story is he's taking stuff out of evidence and he's got like, oh, yeah. And he's shaking down the evidence guy to get you know, the evidence guy being Michael Shannon. But yeah, he's shaking down Michael yes. Shannon to get to get uh, cocaine from the evidence locker. Uh, I love Chris- that he has a cot to take a nap and Michael Shannon's like, hey, bud. I gotta interrupt the nap, and like I can't do this for you anymore. Yeah. This uh, this this Michael Shannon appearance inspired me to make Chris watch uh, him reading the sorority letter. Have you seen that, Shane? No, That's what's really that? Funny. Uh, so there's a there was a sorority letter that went around. Like this woman, this woman in the sorority was like t- like dressing down all of the sorority sisters for being lame. It's mm. really really intense, and Michael Shannon did a dramatic reading of it for Funny or Die. It's it's very oh. very well done. Um, oh, I love Michael great. Shannon. Uh, so yeah, so we have, we have, a uh, we have the, the evidence locker. We have this, the pharmacy scene, which is a spiritual sequel to the matchstick men pharmacy <laughs> scene where he, uh, is also cutting in line and impatient and screaming nonsense. Well, we also want to like, you know, before we get into the whole movie, like, let's just point out like the, the main yeah. story arc of the movie is, well, well he, we, we, before we even get to the, sorry, did you get, we have. We have like we have the main murder mystery, yeah, right? Yeah, the murder mystery. But before we mm. get to that, we do have a bunch of scenes that are sort of setting up his character, right? Oh, so really? The... Even before the murder mystery, he goes into that. Well, that it doesn't it doesn't we, we got we got to sort it we got to sort it out somehow, Chris. We got we got. <laughs> I didn't I, I didn't re- I didn't realize that he like he beat up the pharmacist even before the murder mystery part happened. Doesn't it? it we, let's That's just talk so about it by in the topics. Movie. Oh, okay, topics. All right, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah, this it doesn't these you know we're cutting back and it's forth. It's a tangled web. The whole movie's a tangled yeah. fucking web. So, uh, like, so just this, the other scene, we've got this parking lot scene where he shakes down a couple, uh, the one we already talked about. Um, that's when the movie really, for me took a turn. because I was like, oh, okay. Like, we're just gonna like have, like have sex with this woman in front of her boyfriend while stealing her drugs, probably non-consensually. Like, yeah, he's off the deep end. Like, oh yeah. He's fully in addict mode stealing drugs from randoms and coercing women into non-consensual sex and threatening like shoots the gun up and then like threatens to kill the guy like the the boyfriend if he doesn't watch Nicolas Cage have sex with the girl and then like while they're having sex he asks her if she was molested as a kid if she was beat as a kid and it's just like damn yeah this guy is a fucking monster this okay. guy's off the rails his main modus operandi or whatever for the whole movie too is the the shakedown that is all he does is he just goes from person to person and shakes them down it's like shamelessly just like hey hey you're gonna get in trouble if you don't give me what i need it's like whether it's like fixing games getting drugs off of people <laughs> Like just every like he gets a coffee in the morning with a shakedown. Like his whole life is just one long. Everybody's you know it's just amazing. I just got kind of tired of seeing shakedown scene after shakedown scene. Yeah, that lieutenant, good shakedown. Yeah, like, that's all he's doing. After after the last, the, you know, after a couple of shakedown scenes, Chris, were you like, 
Hold on, my link isn't working. I'm trying to do a soundboard. Oh no. <laughs> Our soundboard's so glitchy. After all those shakedowns, were you like, let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. Yes, Meg, I was. <laughs> I you. was indeed like that. Meg, I really thought that was a tie-in for the Shamrock Shake promotions going on at McDonald's right now. Yeah, no. ooh, delicious Shamrock Shake. Well, you know, after all those shakedowns, you're ready for a good shake from McDonald's. Shamrock <laughs> Shake available now on Hollywood and Sunset. Let's make a deal and shake on the it. The specific McDonald's has Shamrock Shake. Do the other ones not have Shamrock Shake? <laughs> for the month, Listen, of... that's what's that. That's the story also, in my mind. I'm sure oh, they all have them. Hold on, Shane. As someone who yeah. lives there, you know yeah. Hollywood and Sunset is not an intersection. Oh shit! That's not. It's Western and Sunset. Oh wait. <laughs> although, do they kind of intersect a little east of there? Anyway, they intersect at the Infinity or the Vons. By the Vons. By the Vons. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Let's let's move on. Uh, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the relationship with Eva Mendez just in general because I feel like that's introduced around them. Hooker Frankie. with a heart of gold. Oh yeah, classic, classic. Uh, second movie they've been in together as a couple uh, in two years in two thousand seven in uh, Ghost Rider, which I have not seen. So you guys can tell me which is the more believable. Eva well, Mendez in Ghost Rider, they both play people in their mid twenties, so. <laughs> Yeah, the character really? from Ghost Rider is 26 years old that, that Nick Cage plays. <laughs> they explicitly uh, say that? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll get Nick into Cage that. And Eva Mendez in this movie are um, I, like, they don't. I, I'm surprised that she chose to work with him again. Uh, they don't seem to get. It doesn't. I don't see the chemistry. The only thing that makes sense is they're both addicts and so right. like he's using her she's using him like i could see that's the part i can see uh but i i do like that she's a sex worker and he like doesn't care about that yeah he's yeah. like yeah you, do you need to take this call from the person that you're selling like who is no, uh, who is uh, uh Werner herzog in a cameo uh leaving a voicemail on her answering machine <laughs> Oh, that's good trivia. That's good. Oh, it's hard to miss it. It's, I mean, yeah, it's fucking Werner Herzog voice. calling. Hello, how are you? I was like the Henry Kissinger, like Werner Herzog <laughs> calling, and and um, she's great. It's it, sorry. Go ahead. I I was gonna change the subject. Oh, no, I, she's great. I, I we talked about this when we were watching this, Meg. Like. This is one of the only believable romances I've ever seen Nick Cage. Yeah, I was going to say, I actually disagree with you, Shane. I thought they, I mean, maybe because the bar is so low for believable Nick Cage romances. I actually thought they <laughs> had more chemistry than a lot of really, there's so many bad ones. Like it, it was so transactional. No. Like she gets, you know, he gets her drugs. It makes sense. I get it. I not Now I understand why <laughs> this hot lady is with him. It, it makes total sense. <laughs> It goes off and, the rails later, but in the beginning, you're like, oh, okay, this checks out. Yeah, like I would say, I mean, the 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 the, the believable Nicolas Cage romances that we've seen, I feel like mm -hmm. are Wild at Heart, Mandy, um, and there was another one, A Valley Girl. Yeah, Valley Girl. Mm -hmm. And then really other horrible. than that, and I know someone's going to get mad at me for not saying Moonstruck, but I didn't, I didn't buy it. But no. other than that, like, <laughs> they're real, real weird. They're real weird. And I'm not just saying that because we just watched um, uh, City of Angels, which is fucking weird see, the worst the <laughs> so worst like, one this was... actually this actually i was like okay i i see you guys together i kind of get it what's like, it you called seem to actually like it each other yeah, the, yeah. The, uh, it could happen to you oh oh god yeah that was a bad one yeah i, th I think the drug 
or the exchange of services between the two of them makes it make a lot more sense. Yeah. Like I can see that adding so much more believability than uh, the other movies that Nick Cage is in with the relationships that he might have with women. They're, they're real weird. Um, so uh, we have this relationship um, and then we set up the central murder plot, which is fairly convoluted. Uh Mm-hmm. which is that uh, there are five people, I think they're all Senegalese immigrants who are all mm-hmm. killed in a house. Uh, it's some children. It's pretty dark and they are investigating it. And it becomes pretty clear that the murder was done by someone named Big Fate, who is played by Exhibit. Uh, and I forgot to make an Exhibit meme for this, which I should have done. <laughs> uh, maybe I'll do it to promote the episode. But uh <laughs> So then there's all this convoluted stuff with that. Like there's the there's the guy, there's the kid who's the witness. Um, yep, the grandson, right? The grandson of uh, a woman who works at a retirement home who's a witness. Uh, and uh, we we get another uh, we get another crazy uh, shakedown scene, which may, maybe there's like a couple where he goes to visit this these two women in the retirement home, right? Yeah, he's he's. Like, so he gets some kind of lead. I just didn't understand what his job was because he's a lieutenant uh, and like he's I, I felt like I felt like lieutenant is pretty high up there. Like you shouldn't be like, like I thought detectives kind of do a lot of like chasing down leads and like interviewing people and stuff like that. I guess he can just do whatever the hell he wants because he's like the lieutenant. I don't know. I was thinking that, too, as I watched it, just like the rank of police officers. Yeah. And his current rank doesn't seem to align with the things he's doing in the film, especially I get to a certain point, right? He gets promoted from Lieutenant to Sergeant to captain, captain, captain. He gets the other guy's job. He goes up in rank and he's still like in the dirt out in the field all day. Like what? That doesn't. And there's no, there's only one captain per department. It's not like, I don't think you have multiple captains in the same office. I don't know if I'm wrong about that, but it feels like that you wouldn't need a lot of captains. A ship doesn't need eight captains. <laughs> Agree. I think that's a bit of uh, stretching the truth for this character. <laughs> so he like so he goes to that murder house and he's looking around. Do you guys remember the fish poem? Oh. He goes, oh, yeah. my friend is a fish. He live in my room. His fin is a cloud. He see me when I sleep. Did you say there was a remix of that, Chris? There's a very trippy, uh, like like dance remix of that song. I'll 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 get the, <gasps> just audio only for you guys. Oh, that sounds amazing. Uh, while while Chris pulls that up, so um, we we have that first shakedown of the older woman, the older woman. Um, we get the kid, and then uh, he's in. Who charge. comes out from the balcony? Which I think is a bold move he's just like right the kid's out on the balcony yeah he's just hanging out on the balcony hiding from him he's like Um, now's my time i enter now hello hello stop bothering my grandma i'll i'll talk to you um so then they they he's in charge of babysitting the kid he's the worst babysitter ever decides to go uh help out a whole separate movie that we could make with him being a bad babysitter and Bad bad babysitter port of potty again for the potty <laughs> i can't find this thing that's gonna take too long now here's a little side digression how many movies are there that are bad blank bad santa right? mm. bad uh, teacher bad teacher bad company bad, bad boys bad bad, bad news bosses. bears bad bosses is that a movie or horrible is bosses bad moms from uh brendan thanks brendan is that really a movie 
There's bad just the mom. movie. Ba- is bad a movie or just a music video? No, it's just a music video. For song. Bad Moms is a 2016 movie. All right. Um, we got <laughs> so uh, so so we're 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 on a little journey to Biloxi. We, we're going to this casino. Um, oh, we're jumping around here. No, I, this is roughly chronological. Okay. Um, I mean, feel free to Chris. If I missed anything. This is a fucking nightmare plot. So and, and whatever at, you want to say, say what's it. What's at the casino? Like, what are we doing? At the, he's got to go. Like, is he shaking someone down no, at the casino? No, he's 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 worried about Eva Mendez and Frankie's know. at the casino. Yeah, Frankie Eva asked Mendez, for help. Frankie, and so he's got the dog in the back seat and the oh kid. yeah, there's a dog. The dog. There's did, a dog. Did anyone else? Shane, did you see Uncut Gems? Yeah. This movie had a feeling like that a little bit, like this guy just kind of continuously hustling and, and, and fucking his own life up constantly. Yeah. You know, like they kind of had that feeling and you expect it to kind of go the same way where like shit's just going to go real bad for this guy. But yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly thought Uncut Gems was more satisfying in the fact that it continually went worse and worse <laughs> and felt like a panic attack for that guy. Uh, and, and this like has that a little bit of that arc. Yeah. I yeah. See that it's like sure. he's got too many plate spinning and then do you remember the part where he accidentally snorts heroin he's like i accidentally snorted yes. heroin and he comes into the apartment and she's with a client and he fucking shakes the client down for more drugs in the fucking and, and, she's and she smiles. she's like cool she's like oh you're such a badass like this is great the and then fuck? like points the gun at his chest for a minute while they're like cuddling on the bed oh, after that we, like super sexy shakedown. Can oh, we the, talk the about the gun and where he keeps his fucking gun the entire <laughs> movie? Just directly pointed at his penis in his belt. Like, right there. Like walking around like with a hunch because Nick Cage obviously made some choices like to walk like as a guy with back problems. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so his like, left side is up and the And to whole make time. this face the whole time. Very <laughs> little vampire's kiss stuff going on. Like, like he's doing little Nosferatu shit. Yeah. Did y'all catch like... An hour in, like midway through the film, his accent seems to change oh, yeah. and grow drastically yeah. different. And it's like, my dude, really? At an hour in, you he got started like a talking little bit. Like, uh, like, gosh, like, uh, like Spider-Man noir. He started talking like yes. an old-timey gangster. He's like, I owe you 15000 all right? Like a 10 or 15% Bernie Sanders in there. <laughs> like a, a very drunk high Bernie Sanders. It was... It was a choice. Like the more that drugs man. he did, he became. Yeah. Oh. So, so um, we uh, uh let, let's wrap up the casino situation because uh, I did realize we missed it. We missed a clip chronologically, but so we we we're in the casino. We've got this kid, um, and then Frankie is dealing with this guy who is trying not to, not paying her. Maybe is like hitting her. Um, mm-hmm. And so he, you know, decides to shake him down, but this guy will not be shaken down. He will In not. In fact, he's unshakable. He the Kool Aid. What you got to take away from this experience is if you ever see that girl again, you turn around and you walk in the oh, opposite direction. Oh, you got that? Yeah, man. I haven't heard about you so yeah. much as looking at that girl. Uh huh. I'm going to wish you were born mm-hmm. without a dick. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. 
I love that guy. He's he was in uh, Agent Carter. He played a character in uh, Marvel's Agent Carter. That's there you go. He's a wonderful character actor and nailed the whoa big mistake guy whoa. in this. Oh yeah. Whoa whoa. <laughs> Werner Herzog added that guy for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. That guy was not in the fucking screenplay. That guy rules. He's like, you know, so, I just want to, oh yeah, guy. So this, this is setting up basically this other plot where this guy's buddies are trying to get revenge on him. So now he's not only uh, going after this like uh, drug dealer and his his dudes, we've got this other mobster dude who's involved in it. Um, but let's cut back because we did miss a important scene well, uh before a we, few i mean it's all over the place all right so you, just before we cut back maybe we should take a second to just list every plot thread real quick sure I like so it. a plot thread is there's this murder made by big fate of these people b i would say is his own addiction story sure and gambling the drug addiction drug and gambling and uh, shit. his own yeah. descent into chaos in his life will he won't he get help yeah, yeah. Right. C, uh, I'd say the Eva Mendez, like like love affair, whatever, whatever the yeah. hell that is. Sure. What's going on with that character and them? What's going on there? D, you got this bullshit where he pisses off this guy the who's mobster. some kind of a big deal. E, yep. you've got his relationship with his father. Oh, yeah. That's and a whole, his stepmom. And his stepmom. A whole other Dad's thing trying to go through recovery, which might tie into plot point A. Yeah. But, like, he's not really doing it and like yeah you got the whole dad thing uh we got we got f f f f we got uh uh the bookie his uh oh i love the bookie actor he was on deadwood and i just yeah I brad dorif uh from mm -hmm. um one floor of the cuckoo's nest uh g yeah. we got that side uh um what the hell is her name the lady for the craft oh <laughs> yeah feruza balk feruza oh, balk uh yep h we've got the buddy cop comedy that never happens with him and Val Kilmer. <laughs> Val Kilmer, who disappears a third of the way through the movie and then just comes back near the end for just no reason. reappears at the end to murder someone indiscriminately. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then don't forget, um, he's got the old lady who has connections in like the senator's office or something. Oh, yes. Yep, the Senate the connection senator's the lady. lady. And then I guess there's uh, like plot J or wherever we're at now is, is like this. They didn't really get into the life of this witness kid, but that could have been co somewhat compelling of like, mm. oh, this kid's the only witness to this murder. Then nah, he just disappears, goes to England. And don't forget, there's a dog. He's taking care of a there's dog There's a dog. A Turner and Hooch could have happened in this movie. There's a little dog time. Yep. Uh, anyway, all right. Sorry um, to cut so you off, Mango. I just no, wanted let's, to... No, let's loop back. So there's one thing that we didn't cover, which is um, earlier on in the movie, before we get to uh, the casino stuff, uh, we have the the uh, the uh, iguanas. Oh yeah! So mm, how could we forget? I mean, we don't even need to explain this. It's it's self-explanatory. What are these fucking iguanas doing on my coffee table? They ain't no iguana. Yeah, there are. There ain't no iguana. What the fuck is that? It's fucking iguana. It's actually a bearded dragon. <laughs> Yeah, that goes on for three minutes. That's not a short scene. 
of, of, of the, the this scene was shot the uh, iguana and alligator footage was shot by Werner Herzog directly and in the 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 credits of the movie it says iguana and alligator footage by Werner Herzog. You would have never thought that was amateur footage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, he's not a professional shooter guy. I don't know. I, I did the alligator scene occur first? Yeah, it did. did. So, they, yeah. So, so we, we have a dead uh, alligator, and then we have like a vision of the alligator at some point watching the crime scene. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. A fun fact, this will not be our first uh, alligator uh, plot point in a Nicolas Cage movie this month. I mean, sorry, this will not be our last alligator plot point because there's an alligator in adaptation. Oh, that's right. There is. I forgot about that. Uh, the gators. Uh, so this is the theme of March is uh, alligators. Gators. Um, do you remember so, when he's busting that dude and he goes to the door and there's a baby and he's like, oh, what a cute baby! And he's like, he's very nice to the baby and then I think later he goes back to that same door in like another attempt to gain some information or something and he asks her for information and she says like, no, I don't know that person or not. I don't have that information. And he says... How many times are we going to have to come out here? Like, the more times we come out here, the more chance we're going to shoot and kill you and your baby. Like, he just casually Yikes. drops. He's like, like, the police will come kill you at random if you don't tell me what I want to hear. I mean, that's some real which shit. Is utterly disturbing. Like, whoa. Whoa. It's like, this is not a pro police movie. That's for sure. No, which is, yeah. Some, yeah, some candid light. Uh, on the police in this one. It's like the odds go up every time that you're just going to get randomly yeah. shot. <laughs> I'm yeah. swinging my gun around. It falls out of my pants regularly. I don't holster it in a safe way. Yeah. Like, at how all. does he go to the bathroom? Like, does it, like, you have to take out your... I don't know. It just seems like a lot of effort to put your pants, your gun in your pants there. Oh More effort God. than just yes. buying a fucking holster. Um, okay, <laughs> let me. I'm gonna steer us hard through the plot because we have so much more to get through, and I, I'm gonna. My eyes are gonna start bleeding at some point. <laughs> All right, so we lose the kid. The kid makes a run for it at the casino. Um, so he goes back to the old, the, oh, the two old ladies, uh, the grandma and the woman she's taking care of, and we get a psycho scene that Chris has a clip of. Yes. But there's also something that, like, when they first find the kid at the old ladies, it's bizarre because they're like, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. And they open it like a window and he's outside the window. <laughs> like, what was that all about? Anyway, also, that was confusing as hell to me. He I had to watch hiding. that a couple times. Also, I don't have it, but at the beginning of this scene is a hilarious reveal. I should have got it. <laughs> oh, where he's hiding he's behind hiding the door. He's hiding behind like, the door. Yes. He's just there, like, creeping up oh, against the wall in the corner and, like... Oof. That needs to be a gif. All right. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> this is, is going to... Warning. Explicit language. You ever I'll think about it. your kids? Or your grandkids? Huh? Sucking up their inheritance through that fucked oxygen tube? And he's taking and out her oxygen fucked tube. intensive care? And he had just choked you her with fucks, her I oxygen hate you. I hate you both. I... I should. I should fucking both. Just right now. I should fucking kill you fucking both! You're the fucking reason this country's going down the drain. It's so, it's like, the thing is, is the way he's doing it, it's not disturbing. It's just hilarious. Like, you just look at his face. It's way too much to be disturbing. Yeah. I am not in the scene at all. I am <laughs> gone. 
this is a, I feel like a, 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 a spiritual cousin to the Wicker Man, which is a lot of him running around investigating a crime, wearing a the suit and just <laughs> you know attacking women for no reason. Yep, it's just it's, threatening the lives of people that he thinks are not awesome. Attacking women. older women in sure. I wish that his point of view was ever like explained there. He's just, maybe he's just, okay, he's just crazy on drugs is how they're going to, you know. I think his point of view is he's high as fuck. Yeah. One thing I thought was interesting in an interview I saw was that um, Werner Herzog really hates talking about character motivation and what's driving the character. And uh, Nicolas Cage knew that. And at one point said, Werner, I know you hate this, but like, what's the motivation here? And Werner said something like, you know, sometimes we embrace the evil. And Nick Cage was like, okay, got it. So like, what is the motivation for him to do that in that scene? I don't know that anyone rightly gives a shit that made the film. I don't know that like there's any like consideration to that. Yeah, I think you're right. Ugh. Like why does he, does he hate old people for not dying so that they can give their inheritance to their kid? Like I, is it, Does he want his dad to die to get money from his dad? Doesn't for seem drugs like his dad has a lot of money. On... No, he's, he's like got what? an elaborate huh? array of shakedowns. That uh, one <laughs> shakedown leads to the next, and it's gonna collapse like a house of cards, is what it seems. But it doesn't. It somehow magically collapses into like it, like like he's some kind of shakedown genius where he cascaded his shakedowns into like exactly what he needed to happen. Well, they they all fall down and then like he comes out as a phoenix yeah. and nothing negative occurred from those house of cards crumbling. It was just like, look at this, we got to promote him. He's like the, he's using so the butterfly effect of shakedowns in this movie <laughs> and making it happen. Like he, sh- they didn't, I didn't show this, but he shook down the old lady for information. Before he threatened her, he was shaking it out. Right. Like, where's your Where's your son? So many shakedowns. Yeah. Anyway, and just... and then the the kid is in the most like obvious place, right? Like London on a plane <laughs> ticket. Like of course, the sixteen year old kid in New Orleans has a passport and just flies to another country. That uh-huh. Ooh, that's a good point. That's interesting. I mean, the rich old lady, you know, gave him money and she's staying with i guess he's staying with relatives and her relatives yeah her relatives like in england like at least the kid ends up okay you know we got that that's a good point meg that's a good high note yeah all right so we got other trouble he's he's in trouble with the bookie guy because he owes him a lot of money yeah he's in trouble with internal affairs for harassing the old lady uh he's got his gun taken away from him weirdly he just gets a gun back really shortly after i didn't really follow how that happened yeah um, oh he he was in the evidence room he's like hey get me a magnum while you're at it that's all and then he gets a gun again yeah. so yeah uh, after he steals from the evidence room again yeah by erroneously weighing some drugs he steals heroin steal it's heroin he's stealing and it's like a substantial amount that he takes <laughs> when he's at his father's home and like getting a bump it's a big baggie he's like Bumping yeah. heroin. Uh, also, what was unclear is that woman, his father's wife, his act yeah, supposed to be his mother, stepmom. So Jennifer Coolidge plays uh, an alcoholic woman who seems to be his stepmom. Um, they have like kind of a, I mean, so uh, Eva Mendez ends up uh, staying with uh, 
staying with his family uh even mendez and the stepmom are at each other's throats but seems like nick cage has a good relationship with the stepmom they like have a nice little moment where he's doing drugs and she's like you don't have to hide anything from me and then they watch tv together it's can nice. we can, can we talk about like eva mendez and stepmom meet one another right because yeah. he's bringing eva mendez over because it's not safe in their regular apartment and eva mendez and stepmom hate each other like they're yelling they're like very at odds not getting along and to me it seems like oh well this isn't gonna work and then to smooth it all over he brings eva mendez out to a small shack and tells her a story about a silver spoon and then we just cut away presumably and he gives her like a metal detector right yeah like puts her on a treasure hunting mission he literally is and like, she's hey. like i can stay here i it's can do it I, it's I'm, I'm in now this house i'm staying i think we're I giving metal detective <laughs> we're giving her character too much credit here i mean maybe she just likes shiny stuff and uh that's that's like, like we're assuming she's a genius here i don't know if she is actually that smart i i just think like the emotional rhythm of that felt very oh like, yeah that I makes mean, no sense i think that the stepmom was like oh shit even mendez i mean obviously Nick Cage's dad is a fucking beast because he's he's somehow married to a woman 30 years younger than him or something like that. So maybe she's worried Eva Mendez is going to get a get a want a piece of that action. Well, I mean, too. The, the, the ostensible issue with them is that she she's mad that Eva Mendez brought drugs into the house. But like Nicholas Cage is bringing a lot of drugs into that. Yes. You yeah. know, like why get, why get mad at uh, Frankie? And, and to be to be more uh, like hypocritical about it. She's bringing a lot more substance into the house than than Frankie or Nick Cage. Like she's there every day drinking alcohol and like being yeah. a jackass while he's trying to go through recovery, presumably. You could. Well, see, do we know like, if the dad is an alcoholic or a drug, drug addict? They mention AA, which is for alcoholics, but it might be like a blanket statement for all drugs. I'm not oh, sure yeah. so, if we ever get into like what. Unfortunately, none of these like. characters have motivations. Thank you to uh, Werner Herzog. So it yeah. doesn't really matter. And the the shooting Correct. schedule was like you could tell that they didn't get creative. They didn't really care like, oh, well, you can't get these people for these days or whatever, or, you know, or this location for whatever day. And they didn't really give a shit about like writing the story around that. Or, like it was always like, the, oh, the kid's sent to England now. He's gone. Val Kilmer, oh, he's just not there anymore. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, the, you tell they just probably shot all the stuff at the dad's house at once, you know, in the same weekend. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I feel like that's efficient, uh, efficient use of your time. Yeah, yeah, but like you know, there's there's questions like you know, uh, you know, why did how did those two random fucking guys from Internal Affairs show up at his dad's house randomly out of like they drove all the way out there just to take his gun away? Why did that happen when it went to the damn police office? Like every other cop movie there is, like give me a gun and your badge, you know, like. Why did they do it on his dad's porch? Like, like just bizarre choices like that. Just like we're so strange. I, I mean, no, no, again, knowing that none of the characters have motivations makes it a lot easier to explain. There's, there's no answer. <laughs> there's, there's no, no answer. there's no, there's no reason to. <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap let's wrap this up. We got a few more things to cover. Uh, so we got him. He's at his lowest. He's you know, uh, everybody's coming after him. He's uh, you know, got in trouble with with lots of different people. So he decides. Oh, you forgot. He's gonna, the mobsters yeah. come and they're like, "We're gonna bang even Mendez. You owe us fifty G's." 
Oh yeah, yeah. That so was he's in Seven of the Monsters. Yeah. And that's how there's a he's they threaten to shoot the dog. Thankfully, the dog doesn't get shot. A, a horrific scene. Dog looking cute as fuck. That's a real nice golden retriever. It's threatened just, for dead is yeah more disturbing shit. Dogs don't understand guns, you know. Like it's just mm-hmm. like it's not mm-hmm. fair. So he decides he's gonna partner with Big Fate, played by Exhibit. Um, a classic move. Yeah, just partner with the guy you're investigating. Um, he, uh, I don't even remember how this went down. He was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Just partner with me. He like goes with him to drop off a body in the river. In broad dropping daylight. Off the body, dropping off the body, as Chris pointed out, um, like there's a dock. They drop it off at the beginning of the dock. Like you could have walked out to the end of the dock where it's a lot deeper. But and they're like, a, no, the shallow part. In full view of a barge. Uh, yeah. in broad daylight like you see a barge going by as they're dumping this fucking yeah. body totally chill oh my god very nonchalant while exhibit uh talks about or big fate talks about uh like development plans to to build up some uh mixed use uh land and uh profit i guess with nick cage being the front man it's like you gotta uh, stop if, if you're gonna buy all this land, you might want to stop dumping bodies on it True. just like because you know you're gonna like come clean him up later i don't know how it's gonna work Do you, so yeah. like you remember like all right so he wants money because he gave him that tip and he's in the car and he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you guys remember he pulls the gun on, on big fate and stuff like yes. that yeah you know like big fate you, is really chill about this clearly unhinged cop like he's just like yeah yeah sure like yeah. this guy this guy's crazy huh Except he so is chill. rolling with it for sure but he's show no no uh qualms about just murdering people that are in his way and he's just like ah he can live i think he's funny whatever and he's like, I'm going to shoot you guys all to the brick of brick of dawn, remember? He's like, yeah. Woo. That was so Ad libs, baby. I just, like the ad lib, the ad libs flag went off in my brain. And I was just like, yeah, let him work. He's going yeah. to task right now. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, um, he's, he's, uh, he's trying to get the money to pay off the mobsters and also his and the bookie. bookie. And he's also trying to get internal affairs off his back somehow, I guess. I don't know what he's he trying to do. He shakes down. We got another shakedown in here. We got the shakedown of the football player. He happens to spot a football oh, player. Yeah, the like the Louisiana State drugs. football player. Yeah. And and he's, he 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 makes the makes the football player throw a game so he can win a bet in order to not ruin his life. Like and then the football player doesn't play along, but the bet still goes the way he wants to anyway. And the bookie, like all bookies, shows up to the, the police station and in like plain view of everyone's like, well, dude, you won. Here's a lot of money I in have, that bet. I have that whole, like a, cu- a cut down version of the whole end sequence. Well, like yeah, let's, let's, because we, we have, a, we have another step before that. Yes. That that oh, that God. scene wraps up all the plots. So so the first <laughs> wait don't oh this is the uh that, uh the, the crap scene. Or, or, oh yeah, no, the, no, the, the lucky the crap pipe. Okay, lucky yeah. crap. So pipe. this is this is this is the end scene where he or one of the closer to end scenes where he's with he's with Big Fate and uh, he it turns out that he's trying to get Big Fate to uh, put his DNA on the crack pipe such that he can plant him at the scene and get him arrested. This is a bit uh, of a reach. Yeah. I was watching TV, the game, right? Ronaldo Hayes, he got tossed the ball and he was running with it. He was running, running, running. <laughs> he jumped over three linebackers in midair. He sprouted antlers like a gazelle. <laughs> like an elk. <laughs> he landed again. He ran, ran, ran. He scored a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> 
Crack talking. Hey, listen, I'm not worried about you, so don't be concerned about me. Because I'm not concerned if you're not concerned, so don't worry, because I'm not really concerned. Hit me again with another one of them rocks. What the fuck's that? It's my lucky crack bike. You a crazy motherfucker. You don't have a lucky crack bike? No. I don't have a lucky motherfucking crack pipe. Well, then, Donald, you gotta take a hit off of mine. Why I gotta do that? Because it's lucky. <laughs> there you go. Because it's lucky. <laughs> I, I love the enthusiasm with which he describes standard football. Yeah. Like yeah. Th that is how football works. Someone's <laughs> trying to score a touchdown, and he is enamored with this. Such good cocaine dialogue. I, I don't understand why they have bags of powdered cocaine that's like kind of brownish on the table that he's spooning out, but then he's like, hit me again with a crack rock. Like, I don't know what's going on. When the, When is the cocaine being turned? It's like pure uncut cocaine being turned into crack, like instantly. I don't know. Unless they have crack on the side. I'm not sure how it works. Yeah. Also I, don't know. <laughs> All I guess right. we'll never know. So, so possibly gotta, a continuity error. Let, let me let me uh, let me let me let me take us to our next clip, and then we are done with our clips and almost done with the movie. Um, so we we're we're dealing with we're dealing with the, the big fate and his crew. Then all of a sudden, the mobsters all show up at the same time. Fortunately, um, big fate keeps a shotgun strapped under his desk and is able to get the jump on the mobsters. I think big, by big shotgunning them. Big fate had planned on killing Nicolas Cage. That's what I thought too. I mean. I would have. And that's I'd, why the absolutely. shotgun was down there. It was because he was just going to shoot Nicolas Cage with it. But, you know. Could yeah. just be standard issue desk shotgun. Well, it was moving. <laughs> it was moving as if he had it in his hand. Like, I don't know. Oh, okay. Uh, he did have it in his hand earlier. So they blow all the mobsters away, and then this happens. Shoot him again. What? Fool. His soul's still dancing. <laughs> I think this is my favorite scene in the movie. And then we got more iguanas too. And this guy's got a mohawk. Just Nick Cage's face is just—he's just like a, a toddler looking at like blinking lights. Yeah, for those listening to this in the podcast, there is a man break dancing uh, in the, the same outfit. This—the look on Nick Cage's face as he looks at this, this iguana is like. Oh, it's like precious. Yeah, this is a man content with his place in life right now. He's like, oh, that iguana's back. This is pretty cool. <laughs> that is a doozy. I do have of a scene. Crazy... I do. Have I love one... the. I love the. I love the guy who's like, what for? <laughs> I I do have like uh, one more clip of the DSX Machina kind of ending too like oh yeah yeah, yeah. so together. so um so this this is how things resolve uh with uh the mobsters and then the cops all show up uh and take in big fate um and uh th so so that's all resolved and then then we we end up yeah show us the clip of the ridiculous oh, ending i got no beef with you whatsoever everything between me and right is rain watch how you know, as he leaves someone else comes right in got in touch with his guy and he told to let whoever it is know that that complaint has been withdrawn. Finished. Oh, yeah. As he's leaving, the bookie walks in. Oh, no. Look, Ned, 
If you'd called first, I would have saved you the trip. I, I don't have I'm guessing money. that you didn't save the game. And as the bookie leaves, what happens? And my daughter's tickets, speeding tickets. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This female highway patrol officer calls up, says they're taken care of. <laughs> Great news. What? Our mom came up with this at the crime scene on Josephine. I was, uh, just got lucky. Lab found Godshaw's DNA on it. Yes! And do they ever explain what happens with the, the internal affairs stuff? Just goes away, I don't know. Like, I think is it just- she... Uh, she is, he denies it, right? They interview him and he denies it. And she uh, is kind of written off by internal affairs because she's old and like bad memory. They mention that at some point. Like, yeah, she's old, bad memory. I think that's oh, how yeah. they okay. hand wave. But the, the mobster guys, I guess, were like the ones, right? I don't remember, actually. I don't. So, so all of his problems are resolved. Uh, then we get a, a fast forward couple years or not a couple years uh the only way i knew that was uh, Alyssa says the only way i knew that that wasn't one of his hallucinations was because there was no iguana in it that's a great point yeah. <laughs> that's that's how you can tell uh, that whole scene with those three people just wraps up that's the house of cards that fell on him and him just coming out looking i, I have a theory as to why this all happened it was a magical crack pipe the crack pipe really was lucky he smokes it, Ooh. everything goes his way immediately right after that. Like he goes into that situation like he was gonna die, he was gonna get shot, smokes the crack pipe, the bad guys die, everything else gets better. I think that's a wow. great theory. I think I think the the core of that says to me, gotta have a lucky crack pipe. Yeah. You gotta have a lucky crack pipe. Also big Val- brain energy. <laughs> yes. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer, we didn't talk about that, but he tried to murder exhibit, but then you know He did. Meg, do you have any trivia on the the soul still dancing scene? Oh, thanks for asking, Shane. Are you setting me up for something? I uh, might be. Well, it's a reference, an obvious homage to Herzog's Duh. early classic, a movie called Strosek from 1977, which features an iconic scene of a dancing chicken sent to the exact same song called Old Lost John by Sonny Terry. I took a look at this scene. It's probably not worth... <laughs> breaking up but it's just a scene of a chicken dancing to the same song that's that's really the extent of the trivia it's just the same song and the chicken dancing the yeah. chicken dancing's not uh remarkable or it's pretty inspired. chill chicken dancing. no <laughs> i mean maybe in the context mellow. of the rest of the movie it's important but when i looked at the scene out of context it just looked like a chicken like kind of i chose to see it as like maybe people in the 70s wondered what's that chicken scene about? And then in 2009, Herzog answers and says, it's the character's soul still dancing. But yes. in this other film, uh, it's a lot like an MCU, just like tying a whole bunch of massive plot lines, multiverse oh, shit wow. coming in. The, the, the uh, what's it called? Oh, the, uh, the WHCU? <laughs> Bad the Lieutenant HCU. Port HCU. of Endgame. <laughs> Avengers yes. Bad Lieutenant Port of Call. I don't know Asgard. nearly enough about Herzog's movies to uh, make a multiverse. Bad Captain America, oh. Port of Winter Soldier. Yes. <laughs> but we didn't talk right. about we didn't talk about uh, you, 
the I guess the you know she's the pregnant. end of the end scene. She's pregnant. Yeah, he's uh, getting promoted to captain. Eva Mendes, is good. They, they have a house, but then he tries to shake down somebody at the gator hole again. <laughs> yeah, same same thing. It's a similar uh, young couple shakes him down in the parking lot. Yeah, uh, like moment for moment, like he the the humans are in the same spot. Like the scenes are shot just the same. Uh, like. It's just like a different. I wonder if they filmed that on the same day, even like. I'm guessing so. I wasn't. I wasn't 100 convinced those weren't the same two actors. I, I know. Too. I just, I didn't... They're like not again. No. <laughs> no. Same guy. No. Uh, he does this every year. It's like it's a tradition for him. Every fucking. You know. Then then he they cut to a fucking hotel room where he's sitting in front of a two pound bag of cocaine and the room service guy walks in. He's like room service. Like I know room service. Like oh it must be the wrong room. Let's himself in. Ignores the cocaine on the table. He's like hey you're the guy that saved my life. And it's the guy from the jail cell. Oh my god, that's so just a, this this movie's been a classic herald. I'm so glad that we could bring this all back in the yep. third act, like bringing it right on back. Uh, oh my god, I, is this movie a fucking herald? It's Chris? a herald with like five or six. It's not a three beat structure. This is like they're bringing the strings of like eight beats together poorly. Yes, yes. It was probably it was a very complicated. Quiet. They call it a Herzog, not a Herald. <laughs> we just invented the Herzog. This is it. And I'm they... going to Google, Google Herzog improv format. I'm sure someone has already done that. But they, what sucks, uh, they, I don't know who ripped off who, but this is the exact same ending as Bojack Horseman. Oh, is it? It's the exact same ending. Uh, like, like the same vibe. Like They're... recovering addict. Helped by old person from past in aquarium. No, no, it's just at the end of BoJack Horseman, two of the main characters are just sitting there for a really long time with no dialogue, and it's like this a mm. similar shot and everything. And I was just like, this is the exact same ending as BoJack Horseman. I want because doesn't Nick Nick Cage at the end say like, "Do fish have dreams or something?" Yeah, and is that a reference to the fish poem from I think, earlier? In the it, oh yeah, definitely. Call back. Like, are we to bringing the... that back? What a piece of crap callback that was. A, a terrible uh. callback. I was also blown away. It's a small detail and it's super stupid, but I I just like was continually brought out of everything when he's a sergeant now and he's like dropping Bad off sergeant. Frankie. No, Cap- he's, he's, he's a captain. Ca- oh, that's right. It's right. Sergeant he's a captain. I, for, I forget the captain. St- sergeant, lieutenant, captain. So he's a captain. He's dropping off Frankie, Eva Mendez at like their home, presumably. And he's like, yeah, another night shift. And I'm just like, real a night shift? You got a sergeant night, you got, you got a captain night shift? Yeah. That's what you got right now? And she's believing that? Really, you're on the night shift, dude? No, Come on, Eva Mendez. What you're just you lying. Doing? Come on. She, she's smarter than that. Give her some credit. It's like, the, the lesson here is, if you're a cop and you're a white guy, it doesn't matter what you do. Like, you will fail up, I guess, and become captain and everything yes. will be okay. <laughs> The, the failing up thing, I recognized when the three people came in and the House of Cards just, like, became great for him. I was just like, man, how many managers have I had that have been promoted because of this exact situation? You will end up married how to Eva Mendez. And, you... <laughs> uh, and when you screw up, a prisoner whose life you did ruin or, or maybe save, whatever, will come help you out of your problems. Come save you. Yeah, yes. come save you. Take you to the aquarium as as you need. And he'll ignore that space. two pound bag of cocaine in front of you. That yeah. doesn't matter. 
It's a very Nothing cynical movie it. for sure. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts before we pivot over to the bingo board? I I thought this movie was awesome when I was in my early 20s. And I'm now 35. And I think this movie's bad <laughs> and boring. Um, Meg, uh, we, we had spoken a bit over text message. And I'd like to share what we said <laughs> there, here, if that's okay now. Absolutely. Uh, and I'd like to share the photo that I sent you. This, You sent me a photo? Wait, when did that happen? I sent um, you... I sent you, uh, uh, I don't know if this is going to show up, this photo of uh, me and Chris, it probably won't show up, me and Chris immediately oh. after watching the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, looking um, uh, quite... Mildly shocked. annoyed, yeah. Uh, this was a real Werner, Werner her slog. Oh, yes, Hey-o. is what you said. This is a slog of a film. <laughs> That's my final thought on, on bad port of Lieutenant Call. Orleans new. <laughs> and I do want to read the, uh, I, I posted this on Instagram, but the text that Shane sent me before watching the movie, which was, how did you watch Bad Lieutenant? Peacock? And I said, yep. And Shane said, perfect. I can't wait to use that streaming service to watch the movie send. No, it doesn't send it. I have to press it. That was- awesome. I would Listen, I was working out text-to-speech for the first time on my little phone phone. And I, I had that. some growing pains. That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, so what you got, Chris? <clears throat> Nad Gutenant porn of balls goo <laughs> porn leans. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go check out the bingo board. We've had a real dry spell. We've oh, had a yeah. real dry spell. And guys, I feel real good about this. I feel real good about this tonight because we've had you guys ready for this? Chris, you gonna take us take us away? We've got history of addiction slash addiction. Definitely for sure. got that. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and I don't think we have anything else. No, we have. But we do have pregnant girlfriends slash wives, which means we've got. Oh, oh, oh. Bingo. It's been a long time coming. Oh, it's been a slog. It's been a real, uh, (laughs) we are never going to put underwater scuba propeller on a bingo board again. We've learned our lesson on that. Yeah. Um, I'm actually shocked we've made it this far without laugh crying or heist though. I mean, there might've been some, oh, sorry, I'm in the wrong thing. There might've been some laugh. There was like scream laughing. I guess not crying though. Yeah, I, it was like borderline tears, but they seemed happy manic tears, not yeah. like yeah. crying, sad tears. That that was some interesting stuff going on in that scene. Holy crap! Yeah, choices were made and edges were pushed. <laughs> so we'll we'll be back uh, next week with a brand new bingo board. Wow! And uh, we'll see we'll see how long it takes us this time. Oh and yeah! Hopefully we don't make any mistakes. Um. <laughs> Let's check in with the trivia section just to see if there's anything I missed on this. All right, I got one trivia for this. Um, During filming, Nicolas Cage asked the entire set for silence to make a declaration. Once the set had gone silent, Cage pointed to Werner Herzog and proclaimed, finally, someone who knows what he is doing. This was in reference to Herzog's method of only filming camera setups that he intended to use in the final film, 
sorry, there's a helicopter overhead, uh, as opposed to shooting extra setups that he might not have even used in the final film. This makes me not like Nicolas Cage. Like, just like, can you imagine, like, everybody be quiet. Finally. <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Like, I have an announcement. I have an important announcement. I need all of you to shut the fuck up. This guy knows what he's doing. Just like, um, oh. Very much reminds me of the final season of Community when uh, I forgot the, the actor's name. He's, the, he's the, the black man in the final season of Community that talks about... Donald Glover? Uh, no, he's he's an older black man who plays like a big nerd guy that comes in to kind of... Oh, you're talking Sanders. about this, the Yahoo screen season. The Yahoo screen season uh, where, yeah, where he forgot. like compliments white people. Like, this guy knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> Oh, was he the? Oh, oh, I think he would have. Never mind. I can't remember that season. I had to rewatch that shit. It's been a long it, time. It was. It was ridiculous. I thought I. I read that, and then I also. Uh, I read a. Uh, a review from Roger Ebert on this film, and uh, Roger Ebert mentions, and I think your trivia fact, Meg, just really highlights this idea that Werner Herzog and Nicolas Cage are are two birds of a feather that really seem born to work together. Like this is, this like Nick Cage is wild and Werner Herzog loves it. I feel yeah. like they just get along massively. Uh, and, and that I think <laughs> highlights, that trivia fact highlights it. They're There's like, some affection they're, between they're the similar. Yeah, they're similar animals or whatever creatures. Also, yes. sorry if you're hearing a helicopter directly circling our house right now. There is. I was just about. I was like looking at Citizen. I was like, is there a fucking helicopter circling our house? Yeah, in what's LA, going on yeah. over in the scary parts of town, y'all? In <laughs> LA, a helicopter will just circle your house sometimes for a long period of time. Just how it is. You uh, know how it is. I can <laughs> It's possibly report of man with knife in Glassell mm. Park. Ah. But mm. That doesn't it looks like it's possibly close enough, but it it might not be. I don't know. Ay, ay, ay. Classic man with knife. Man with oh, knife. Oh man with knife. When will you learn? <laughs> oh, this is really annoying. This is like a tight circle. This is like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let me give you a couple other trivia things and then we will move on. Uh he did not take any drugs during filming, never under the influence of anything. That makes sense to me. I mean, it's a job. Uh, you wouldn't take it, drugs when you're on, on well, the job. In contrast to leaving Las Vegas when it says that he did get drunk in order to play an alcoholic sometimes. I don't remember seeing that on the trivia for that, but sure, IMDb. I, maybe Instead, he got drunk he started, off duty. Sorry. Yeah, he, started, he he got drunk to get the... um. Yeah, but not like while he was acting. Yeah. I assume so, yeah. yeah. He recorded um, himself drinking, I remember. You, you said this. He recorded yeah. himself getting drunk and then watched the tapes back and then used that to... Uh, he instead snorted baby powder, which causes cancer. What they found out. So yee. don't start baby powder. Mm, um, one last trivia: both the Bad Lieutenant movie, the original one, and this movie were released on the same day, November twentieth. Which I feel like that's kind of a dick move, you know? Like that sort of says like to the guy who made the original one, like, ha, you know. Was it a Thanksgiving Day release or anything like that? Yeah, I, I, I'm just so surprised that like Thanksgiving was the season they thought, you know, when this is going to hit, this is going to hit over Thanksgiving holiday. This is going to really hit. <laughs> Turkey. What marketing okay. team? Family what? movie. Watch it with your kids. I mean, it's got a happy ending. 
Yeah, there's that whole story of the spoon and the, you know, finding treasures. That shit's cute. Oh, my yeah. God. And it turned out the spoon was rusty. And I don't understand. <laughs> oh, my God. Also a Werner Herzog edition. Not in the original script. Oh, Werner No Herzog. surprises there. Guys, let's rank this movie. We didn't rank a movie last week. So uh, I'm excited to get back into the ranking. Yeah. Let's see. Is this going to beat out our number one movie, Moonstruck? Hold Probably on. not. All right, we rank in the cage. Oh, yeah. This is our, uh, oops, oh, sorry, the movie is a little, uh, uh, long, the title uh, wraps a little there, but I think, yeah, there we go. Uh, Shane, you've seen the show, you know how it works. Out of 10, uh, this is the, the cast. How excited were you by the cast of this movie? Um, so there's some highlights here. Uh, yeah. Was it Feruza Bulk? I think is how you pronounce her name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from The Craft and uh, just an amazing actress. Uh, I, uh, Brad Dwarf, Dorif. Yeah. Uh, who is in Deadwood. I love him. Michael Shannon uh, is a standout here. Um, so I'm going to give this a seven. That's pretty, pretty generous. Val Kilmer is in this exhibit. I totally forgot about Val Kilmer. Val, oh, Val Kilmer's Kilmer. in this exhibit. Um, yeah, still, still a seven though. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I think I got a little excited when I saw Val Kilmer. I'm like, holy shit. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm going to six on this one. Oh, I'm going to give it an eight. I thought it was a great cast. Huh. Uh, loved, loved, uh, seeing all these people in it. Uh, <laughs> loved, love, I uh, love a Jennifer Coolidge movie. I thought Eva Mendez was great. Yeah, I like Brad Dourif. Yes. Yes. What's going uh, on? Oh, never mind. I, th- I heard someone talking outside and thought it was coming from the helicopter that's circling our house. It's I'm going to have not. a real time getting this stuff out of the podcast. I doubt I'll be able to, so <laughs> good luck. Ah, all right, acting. So this is not, not Nicolas Cage's acting. This is everybody else's acting. We don't factor oh. in Nicolas Cage's acting into our rating. We've made our bed, and that is what we've chosen. So, <laughs> Well, so for the acting in this, um, there are some specific scenes where um, it was pointed out to me that this is some really uh, terrible acting. Um, but there's also some stuff that I absolutely love. Um, I, I really love the, the cop uh, who Nicolas Cage is trying to talk to to get the ticket expunged from his bookie's da- daughter's The guy who shuts him down. Yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's a dick. Uh, that was really fun and terrible. Um, but I thought Eva Mendez actually did really well and Coolidge is incredible. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give this an eight on the acting. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go wild card on it and throw a little random multiplier on it. Eight. Eight. Uh, I am gonna give this a solid five for acting. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like think a lot of the acting was very good. But I, I would shock that up to probably the directing was not that good, too. So, I don't know. Like, there were some scenes that really take, took me out of it. Like, uh, especially the, the, the stuff with um, the, the elderly people. And I don't know, just kind of the way they were reacting to Nick Cage and the way Nick Cage... We're not including Nick Cage acting here, but anyway, I'm going to five. Five. I'm going to go a little lower. Four. I thought... The, some of the characters, like I wouldn't say Exhibit was particularly great at acting. I thought Val Kilmer was particularly bad. Feruza Balk was not great. Eva Mendez and Jennifer Coolidge, for sure. 
Brad Dorif was fine. The kid was fine. Michael Shannon was fine. Didn't give, they didn't give Michael Shannon a chance to do some Michael Shannon shit. So like, I don't know. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it a particularly high acting score. Fun. How fun was this movie? Oh, tough one. Cause it's a real roller coaster. What I found odd in some of the reviews that I read is that sometimes people classify this movie in some aspects as a comedy and I never laughed. Uh, I never thought it was very funny. Uh, fun, uh, like a four. Four. Uh, I think it was not fun. Nick Cage did say about Wicker Man that it was he, he always thought of it as a dark comedy. So maybe similarly in this uh, movie. Uh. Um, I I I'm not I'm gonna be a hundred percent honest. I had fun watching this movie. <laughs> I didn't know where it was going to go. And I wanted to find out. And when that break dancer came out, I would, and he had that look on his face. So eight for fun for Chris. Uh, I'm going to go right down the, uh, I'm going to go right down the middle of five. Cause it was, I did feel like a lot of this movie was a slog, but it did have some like real wild and crazy parts. Uh, Brendan says, yes, eight for fun. Chat. Uh, I don't know. There was a lot of slog. There's a lot of just like, why are we doing this? Yeah. Why is this still happening? I yep. we did we did pause this movie quite a few times to check how far in it, and it was always less than we thought. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. a good sign. Not a good sign for fun. I think yeah. when it, he started going full on uh, uncut gems is when I started to be like, all right, this is getting good. It's like when his life really started to fall apart. But yeah, we got. Uh, the technical, which is uh, costume, set, soundtrack, hair, makeup, et cetera, et cetera. Woo. The hair, Special the makeup, effects. The, the soundtrack, uh, the angles, the shots, yeah. the the iguana shots, iguana the alligator cam. shots, um, the slow zoom during the soul dancing scene. Yep. Uh, wow. Wow. I, I really... Uh, can't say enough about how ridiculous all of that was uh six for me <laughs> six for me okay so i think that um let's see uh yeah i'm gonna agree with, i'm just gonna agree with you in this one i'm gonna go five just well i'm gonna go six. i'm gonna go Ooh. six because they filled the sound stage with coffee When, theoretically there was food coloring available somewhere they could have pooped toxic. in the water or who knows yeah i guess not <laughs> that is an option chris that is an option anyway i i i i unfortunately don't really i don't know if i have a strong opinion on this one so i'm gonna hit it with a five because it had some you know i didn't find it distracting but i didn't find it a <sighs> amazing all right we got an overall yeah. overall how much do you like this movie shane so if you'd, if you'd asked me when I was uh, 23, uh, I'd say it was a 10. Uh, but you asked me today, uh, and, I, and I say it's a 5. And I wonder, Chris, in general, when we've been revisiting movies that people watched when they were younger, in general, I feel like people have liked them less. Yeah, I think that's true. I wonder if there's been any cases of people liking the movie more. But uh, I guess there's, some of his movies just don't age well. I would say Face Off, we liked exactly the same. Face off age age surprise. It got better. Well. It got even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, what you got overall? 
Uh, overall, like I said, I did have some fun with it, uh, but, you know, like, it was also, like, yeah, at parts, it, it, it was pretty slow, and it, it didn't make any sense. Would I go back and watch it again? I don't know, um, depending on the circumstance, if it was with a group, kind of like a, like a, a hate watch situation, or like a fun kind of stupid thing, I would do it, so I'm gonna give it a six. I'm gonna give it a three. I did not care for this movie. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to all the Herzog stands in the audience. <laughs> Uh, we got our last our last category is a bonus plus or minus one point for any random detail that you uh, that you enjoyed or did not enjoy. Uh, and um, you can do this, whoever has one first. Okay, great. Uh, I'm going to give a bonus point for the fun game of being able to make up weird things with the name. I know that wasn't intentional or anything, but I'm just giving it a bonus point. Something I'm enjoying about this movie, being able to I, I have a bonus point that I would like to give at at one point in, I think the first third of the film, uh, Nick Cage is interviewing uh, someone that they picked up at the precinct. And uh, his partner, Val, is working him strong, uh, strong on him and like being rude. And he's like, get out of there. You got to treat him with respect. So Nick Cage comes in and starts the interaction with like a, a back of the hand, palm, like, a, like a wrist tap as like, his connection that he's to let the guy know he's of the streets. He's hip. He's on his side. And I thought that was so profoundly stupid and enjoyable that it's got to get a bonus point for me. The one scene where he wants something and he doesn't resort to a shakedown. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like he wants a pack of gum and he shakes people down for it. And then that scene, for some reason, he's like, no. He's like, back of hand, let's do this man-to-man -man straight up. I'm going to ask politely, help you out. <laughs> I'm going to do uh, a negative one for pointing a gun at a dog. That dog doesn't deserve that. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful, lovely, chill dog. Don't point a gun at a dog. All right. All right, guys, let's see where this lands in our thing. Oh, fuck. Oh, I'll zoom we it out. got an error. Oh, we got an error. Oh no, we got an error, boy. Uh, what that usually means is that we have two movies that have the same uh, ranking. Let me open up the spreadsheet oh. and, and see what is going on. Wow, did this oh, go? I love did... some good spreadsheet debugging. Like, yeah, we got. Oh, Chris, yeah. you did. Did you put in? Hold on. We got. Uh, what? What's our final score for this, Chris? Uh, it it was eighty-seven. 87. 87 is the same score as leaving Las Vegas. Oh, wow. So here's what we're going to do. Um, one of us is going to, if you can go back, Chris, one of us is going to add or take away 0.5 for something. That'll, mm -hmm. That should hopefully help us out. Right. Whoever thinks of one first. Mm -hmm. um, here, I'm going to add 0.5. So make mine a negative 0.5 for iguanas. <laughs> I did love the iguanas. <laughs> All right, then that means it has officially taken the lead over <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. I think that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Such similar vibes. 
kind of similar yeah kinda so similar we have vibes. uh we have bad lieutenant is number 14 out of 22 movies it is between vampires kiss and leaving las vegas for those listening in the podcast moonstruck remains our number one and uss indianapolis men of courage remains our worst movie <laughs> unlikely to be beaten but who knows and this is our 24th episode but that's because two of them we, we did not rank because they were such small cameos and we Right, the two cartoons that we've watched did not get ranked because they weren't really Nicolas Cage movies. Okay, our last thing. Let's do uh, Let's do uh, the Cage Cage two-axis plot of Cage's acting ability versus his typical trademark band brand Cage craziness in that film. I have a feeling it's B- high. B-T-P-O-C-N-O. Uh, <laughs> close, very close. Uh, bad two-tenant. <laughs> <laughs> Bad two-tenant, Port of Call New Orleans. All right, so bad. It's blipnico, blopnico. It looks like like a Russian word. All right. Kind of does. Shane, what would you give Cage's trademark Cage brand craziness in this film? Um, for, for a Cage film, there's just so many spaces he got to spread his wings. Uh, whether that's in the corner behind a door to reveal himself in a room uh, to kind of like lightly smack an iguana that isn't there and get into like a a verbal back and forth about iguanas uh, to like the manic pacing changes when he's doing drugs uh, to being like an actual nice person when he's trying to calm Frankie Eva Mendez down with a spoon story. Uh, he's all over the map and it scares the shit out of me as a watcher. So uh, for craziness, I got to give him a nine. Nine. Uh, Shane, I am going to go one further and give him a 10 for craziness. In this. <laughs> I'm going to give him a 10 too. I can't see how this could have been any crazier. I, I think it competes. We, we should, because uh, at some point we should take a comparison. What are our other perfect 10 movies? Uh, the other one for this was Vampire's Kiss, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah I think it's I think up there it... with Vampire's Kiss for sure. I mean, uh, he even does some of the stuff you see in Vampire's Kiss where he's like kind of hunched over and I don't know, there's similar vibes to this movie. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of hunched over. What I, what I think I could use more of is, because I was thinking about this today when kind of uh, thinking about The Rock, uh, I didn't see as many and please correct me if, if you have a better memory, but I didn't see as many uh, odd emphases emphasi on syllables mm. in the middle of sentences that didn't make sense. Uh, I really, I think what would have put me at a 10 is a Zeus's butthole moment. Yes. Um, and I just didn't have that Zeus's butthole moment. That's a really great observation, Shane. That is actually very true. I might revise my score. I don't know. You're saying, so I, wait, I'm sorry, Shane. You were saying you didn't have a moment where you were like, how in the name of Zeus's butthole? This is what happens when I close the window with the soundboard. I was like, ah, I, I need to fix one. the soundboard, obviously. Exactly, Meg. That Zeus's butthole, like the way he hits butthole is hilarious and quintessential and i just you know maybe he was branching out on this one but i could have used it i'm gonna take mine down to nine and a half for that i'm, I'm persuaded but not 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 uh taking that i went off. down to a nine okay. i think i think he's right i, I agree I, I hear you all right all acting. right acting cage is acting, How do we feel about his acting 
So, like, it's crazy. But if I think about the context Cage was put in for this film, working with Herzog, which was, hey, bud, what's the motivation? Man, just embrace evil. And, like, this this man, Nicolas Cage, brought in some compassion to his performance, brought in his over-the-topness and acted like a drug addict in places where, like, he needed to. Uh, made no sense of some of his decisions, and I, I think that was partially due to the direction he got. I thought his acting was really, really good, um, I especially in thinking of the scene where he's just in, uh, like, an atomic wonderment of the soul still dancing. Uh, I, yeah, so... Nick's acting on this for me is is an eight. Wow, uh, it's good. I think that I agree with you. He he made a lot of conscious choices. You could tell, you know, whether or not they're good or bad. Like he was like, I'm going to change my physicality. I'm going to yes, know, change the my voice. On the left side. And and you know he he did a lot of things. Uh, and I think you could tell some of the lines he didn't like that he he had like there was a couple that when he said them you're, you're like you could tell he just wasn't really trying like at the end he was like do you think fish dream like that was just kind of like such a there was no that whole scene had just nothing to it there was nothing behind that whole but I uh, I think um, I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a I'm gonna give him a six point five. I wasn't like blown away because I couldn't buy it. Like I just, I wasn't buying that he was doing all these terrible things. It was just so over the top. I was like, I, this does not affect me at all. I have no emotional response here. There's no context. It's just, I don't know. I'm going to give it an eight. I thought it was well acted. I thought uh, the, his style worked for this. I think um, he certainly committed to it. Uh, yeah. I'm with Shane on this. Wow. Guys, this puts us in the best corner of the cage. The best cage. corner. The best movies are in this top right quadrant. The good acting, more crazy quadrant. <laughs> Which is funny because this is like, you know, arguably not one of the best movies. But it's a fun, it could be a fun watch. Uh, that puts us in the company of such films as Mandy, uh, Mom and Dad. Uh, Jesus, uh, what else you got in there? Leaving Las Vegas. Uh, Face Off is kind of on the edge there uh the what's it called uh wild at heart wait chris uh, what's the one behind this that you can't see the oh this one right here yeah oh i need to i need to get it so i can have the titles shown on this one but i think that might be um is that face off that may be face off no this is yeah that may be face off up there i need to get the title shown on here <laughs> we've got too many now we can't see that we can't see all the faces <laughs> or, or or make it so like oh, i can zoom in can't i can i Enhance. Zoom. Enhance. 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 This is a really bizarre. Yeah, that is face off. Yeah, you can kind of see it. That is face off back there. Okay. So yeah, this is the quadrant we're in. Uh, I think we belong there. I agree with this. Uh, with our judgment, I think it did pretty good. So yeah. What's the one with the cigarette? I forgot that one. Oh, that's uh, Wild at Heart. No, no, no. Up the uh, other cigarette. Oh, this one. Above it. Yeah. That's that's not Matchstick Men, is it? It might be Matchstick Men. Interesting. Yeah, the yeah, titles will be good. We'll, yeah. we'll get, we'll get. We'll, all right, we're gonna have to add some titles. We've all right, guys, it. we've made it to the end of the show. Uh, Shane, what's uh, what, what what would you like to promote to our audience of people you already know? <laughs> Hello, audience of humans. Uh, if you have a chance and you're a person that likes making stuff, there's a wonderful stream that occurs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. 
uh, starting typically around 2 p.m. Pacific. It's twitch.tv slash bettermonster. They're a wonderful streamer and they make crochet stuff. I have recently stolen this uh, wonderful Ooh, that's beautiful. bonsai tree that that streamer makes. Uh, and I just think it's so cool. And so she makes this and she makes other kind of stuff on there. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, twitch.tv bettermonster, 2 p.m. Pacific. Check out and some better monster. In a weird, super weird coincidence, um, that stream is run by our guest from last week. Oh, <gasps> yeah, Elizabeth I've heard of strange. I've heard of yes, that's so cool. Yeah, so if I had to promote anything, it'd be Alyssa Barrett Jackson. She also knitted us a little Christmas ornament of a character from a short film we made. Uh, that's true. For the forty-hour film project that you can see online right now. Uh, YouTube slash managers comedy. Uh, uh, yeah, you can see go. it's a mug well, that we that. have sex with. It's a cro it's crochet and it's uh beautiful. Anyway. It's beautiful. Uh one of our most prized possessions. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're done with the show, guys. Uh here's some stuff that's going on our end. We got a virtual improv every Friday, seven Pacific, same channel, twitch.tv slash managers comedy. Uh we just had our year anniversary last week. And uh, who knows how many more shows we'll be doing. We'll see. A we'll solid see year of shows. So get it while the getting's good. All um, right. We are back next week uh, on March 28th. We are watching the movie Adaptation uh, with MTV reality star Danny Prakaski. <laughs> um, also our friend. Uh, we, he has been so patient. We put this movie off for a long time because we had watched it right before we started the podcast and we just didn't want to go into it uh with a tainted tainted thought of it so we'll be doing adaptation next week and any closing thoughts any words of wisdom shane anything mm. uh my I, I definitely have some words of wisdom yes um and they are uh from a moment in the film where uh nicholas cage realizes that he's in a pretty good spot with his bookie uh, it's it's before things go all perfect for him, but he gets real excited uh, and he runs in and he says, sup, 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 sup. Uh, so that, that's my closing thought. And on that note... Oh, I have a closing thought. Okay. But Lutaintant Fart of Call. <laughs> Into all oh, my night. soundboard. It doesn't work. All right. <sighs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. I'll be damned if I didn't get really turned on. Unlocking the Cage is produced by the Manager Special. Music by Will Janetta. Check out our other shows, as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com.